Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's topic is copywriting. We're going to walk through a couple of tips and examples and things, what you can do when you're writing copy, primarily for your website. You know, when it comes to marketing or digital marketing, copy is always such a huge piece of any sort of campaign. When it comes to things like, you know, SEO or content marketing, people always say, you know, content is king, right? But is writing content for the sake of writing content really the most effective use of your time and resources? Uh, and how do you measure the overall impact of the content you're creating? So today, Solomon has some tips, some strategies that we're going to walk through in terms of how do you go about writing good content and content that's going to engage and entice your user to actually convert and understand what you have to offer and of course, trust you. So uh, let's jump right into it. Solomon, uh, tell us uh, what we should be doing and what should we be thinking about when it comes to writing copy? Right, absolutely, Taylor. I mean, I think people underestimate how much copy plays a role in your success. For me, I think about the whole entire journey just from a pre-click perspective, they see an ad in Facebook or Google or wherever they might see it. And then they click on the ad and then they not look at the headline mm. of the landing page. And then if you have some kind of a connection between what they clicked on to the post-click experience, that has to be connected or else you're going to lose them from the beginning, right? Okay. So then beyond that, if you have any other pages that they're going to come across, maybe there's email drip sort of nurturing campaigns, they all have to be in line. And I think I just have a few questions that I want to kind of lay it out there for our audience to think about, because oftentimes we rush through the copy part just to get the campaign live, right? Not a lot of, yeah. uh, because everyone sort of thinks that, oh, that's easy. You know, we just need to get some content and let's just go live with it. Right. And you miss out on conversions on things that actually should be you know, taken more seriously. So yeah. the first thing that I kind of want to leave out for our audience is, you know, how do you find out if your copy is effective? Is does your target market, can they understand when they land on your website for the first time, what is it that you do? So that's like your value proposition. Very simple, yeah. But every single website you go to today, there's this big ginormous value prop that they put on there. And that has to be tweaked over and over and over to be simple, mm -hmm. but very powerful. And the fact of the matter is, this is most of the time what differentiates you from your competitors is how you go about it. And you can look at any website, especially the ones that are maybe more, you know, tech startups and things like that, where they have, right, to consistently keep their messaging up to date. Correct. They work really hard on that. Whereas a lot of small businesses or even medium-sized businesses, especially if you have so many different products or services, it might be regional, multinational, whatever it is, it's very hard, especially if you're in different industries to come up with a very powerful value prop. And I think that's the first part that you want to start in is, can you make sure that anybody that come there, this is what differentiates you from anyone else. And I can tell you, we've tested so many different ones and we're still in the process of testing it and we continue to do that. And, and secondly, if you go to different pages of your website, you similarly, you have the same kind of thing that you need to have. That page have to have some kind of a value prop as to what that product or service is because they may not go to your homepage. They might go to only an inner page. So it has to be very powerful. So it's the first test is, hey, and I would start with that part before you edit your about page or your services page. Let's revamp the copy of our homepage. When you look at your Google Analytics, mm -hmm. the most visited pages 
or your homepage. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be the first place uh, to, to uh, really start updating it. And then from there on, you can now go into other areas of the website and see if that works. So that would be my first and my foremost is to revise that. And obviously, if you can start testing it, you can see that. And obviously ask your customers, does this give you a good picture of what it is that we do? Yeah. Is your marketing messages aligned with that value prop? So what would be an example of uh, maybe a, a good you know like what? You said headliner or value proposition versus a bad one? Because I see a lot of times that companies feel like they really captured, you know, the features that they have to offer or, you know, the, the time savings that they have or the value that they bring to the table. But like you said, as a first time user to the website or as a potential customer, I might still be pretty confused on exactly what it is that they're doing. So how do you find that balance of, you know, speaking to your audience, but, you know, capturing everything that your business has to offer? Right. So I'm reminded of, for instance, the homepage copy to be similar to, let's say you were spending a half a million dollars on an ad, mm-hmm. right? What is the headline on a print ad? Hypothetically, you only have one shot. You yeah. can't really print it after you've placed the order. So Staples had like a line that would say, make more happen, mm-hmm. like just hypothetically. And that would be the thing that they're trying to do. They're not trying to sell supplies. They're not trying to sell print solutions. They're not trying to sell computers. They're trying to do something that would help them, right? Understand a lot of the tech startups that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at any company, even hypothetically, like Upwork, right? Mm-hmm. They're in a new space. They're trying to connect freelancers and stuff like that. They would have a very powerful one that they would use for their market that mm-hmm. they're trying to target. So there's there's this hire freelancers, make things happen. Th- right. That would be their right. thing. And I'm sure I've seen multiple versions so, of that. So the, the alternative to that would be, like you said earlier, you feel like you're capturing it and you, you could explain everything they do. Like you could say, okay, this is your one-stop shop for a platform to hire and fire freelancers to get work done or whatever. Or like you said, simplify that and just say, hire freelancers. Correct. More done. Or LinkedIn, welcome to your professional community. Yeah. Right. And Facebook, connect with friends and world around you on yep. Facebook. Everybody's got to have a really powerful one right. that should summarize what so you, how do. you do. How do you, you know, translate this to a, maybe a smaller business or a local business or a, you're a CPA or an accountant or a financial advisor or something along those lines? Because it's easy for you to say, okay, Facebook, right? That's it was a first of its kind. It's a platform technology that you can't say, you know, it's an automated virtual newspaper that's a you know connection of all your friends right so they came up they hired you know like you said probably hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing to come up with this messaging but if you are a, a small business how do you come up with this you know enticing one word sort of or you know one sentence you know hero image if you will that engages your audience right away it has to be done you know i would hire a copywriter it has to be done with a lot of thoughtfulness you cannot just sort of wing it because this is how you're going to differentiate yourself from all of your competitors so there's a website called user testing where you hire sort of people to test pages of your website there's this great customer experience start with human insight okay they're not selling the testing but they're talking about why they yeah. need to get the insights of their users so and then obviously, you know, I know there's a subhead that goes along with it, kind of connect the dots on what you do versus yeah. your competitors and how you differentiate. But that would be the first thing, especially if you're having landing pages made and doing all this campaign, you got to make sure that it's very, very powerful. Yeah, yeah um, the landing page it, one is interesting to me because I always look at and like to think uh, of the intent of the user and kind of how they got there, right? So 
the homepage, most likely there's a lot of different ways they got there. So it needs to be a little more generic, maybe that's sure. going to apply. Like you said, if someone just was dropped on your website for the first time, they need to understand who you are and you know what you're supposed to do and why they should care about it. Whereas, like you said, maybe a landing page where you're sending social media traffic or a specific campaign or paid or whatever, you may need to rework that. But the same sort of theory needs to apply where you say, okay, why should I care about this page that I'm on? And what is the benefit to me? You know, I might just leave. So I think in just thinking about the intent of right. why the users on the website should go into that thought process. A lot of thought have to be going into it. So I'm on drift.com, just a messenger tool. And they call it conversational sales. It says, connect your sales teams with your future customers now. Mm. Again, it's something about growing revenue, customers, sales right. now, you know, instant. The fact of the matter is, I'm not saying that, you know, it might take a while for you to figure this out. You might need to get approval from all your stakeholders yeah. and everyone why else. That's more, yeah, why that's more powerful to me is that it doesn't say automated reality or whatever chat bot. Right, know, exactly. Automated chat bot tool. For sales. Like that's what it is. <laughs> it is. But what it does is connect you with you. your customers. Yeah, your future customers. Immediately. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, like I said, this means a whole lot to me when I look at anyone I want to do business with to see, hey, do they know what they're trying to do? And I never think that it's it's not static or stale. Yeah. It's gonna change as the market change. You have to continue to to come up with that value proposition so you stay relevant. Right. Sure. The second thing that I really, really, really want to uh, sort of convey is how a lot of websites, it just depends as you get more granular into different industries, you start to see a lot of jargons. Mm-hmm. They would put whatever the industry standard is for that product or service. They have to say that we're certified in la 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 la. At the end of the day, as another person who is sitting on the other side of the table, they may not know what they're buying yet. You know, we talk about buying journey and having, right? We talk about having capturing them early on in the buyer's journey. Well, that's when they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know how to find the company. And if you start talking to them like they've already done their research, their middle of funnel or bottom of funnel and your certifications and everything else, you're going to lose them, yeah. right? You're going to lose them because they don't know yet. So, you know, so, so example would be like, you know, we have financial advisors mm-hmm. and, and as clients. And I personally, you know, see this, very jargons on their website. And I'll give a couple examples like, okay, well, they say they're a CFP. Well, what's a CFP? And right. do I need a CFP? And and you read down, it says RIA. And right. well, do I need an RIA? Is, right. it, is it both? Is it the same? And now the financial advisors listening to me are laughing because what, this guy doesn't know? Yeah. The fact of the matter is your customers may not know, right? Right. The the retiree that's trying to get their assets, you know, invested may not know SEC and FINRA and 529 plan. They have all of this on the homepage. Right. In fact, the matters it's that's not that's not how we go by. We don't Google 529 and get to the same sure. advisor. You get to a bank probably, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I go to a estate planner's website and they're talking about escrow, mm-hmm. lien, collateral. All on the homepage as if I'm in the business creating estate planning. Right, right. And it's very difficult. That's that's one thing that I've seen across um, uh, just kind of using the jargon. I think marketing people can get into that as well. Well, we've definitely been guilty of that ourselves. I mean, we sit <laughs> there SEO, PPC. Yeah, yeah. ROAS and yeah. things. Um, um, but I think the my takeaway from that, I think, is a great tip, is your website is for your customer, not for you. So Correct. Don't write the copy for yourself and your colleagues who understand it, and don't be naive and say, 
well, if they really knew what they were looking for, then they would. They know I'm the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, you need to write this for somebody who is whatever your target demographic is, whoever they are, what is their basic level of knowledge? And what are they trying to accomplish? And that's what you should convey in that messaging. Right. Like you said, not are you looking to invest your assets, you know, do better at it, maybe put a video right. so they understand they can connect with the video probably way more than reading the text. Right. Relax in your retirement and, you know, kick right. back. I mean, that's what you're looking to do. You're not looking for all, who has the most certifications. You don't know what all the certifications Correct. Mean. You don't even know if this is the right person for you, right? Mm-hmm. So no, the mortgage industry is guilty of this. They have PITI, which I'm sure, you know, and most people, <laughs> it's like, what, what do I need that? And they start talking about points and origination and jumbo. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, this person is probably lost. So, and, you know, like I said, I come from a uh, print background. We have the same thing. There's offset, digital, variable, screen. Yeah. When you read all that, nobody ever understands what yeah. you're looking for. You're just looking to maybe print something small, you know, Correct, yeah. and you get overwhelmed by all the jargon. So that's one so thing. Is there a place for that, the jargon? Maybe when you want to get deeper into it, maybe there's a resources page, you give them right the terms uh, behind it, but that's not for, you know, right off the bat, um, thinking that the person who's buying is like a buyer mm. in their space. Right. You have to keep it simple so that they understand, right? Mm. So if they can simplify it, then they're probably going to be losing customers to other folks. They would come in the market and then say, hey, we print business cards sure. and that's all we print. We have different kind of material and texture and color. And that's essentially what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big companies have done. I would use Moo or Vista Print or anybody came and simplified it and they made it e-commerce and right. with a nice value proposition, right? You know, I would take a look at that and say, hey, who are we speaking to? Um, that would be the first one. Speaking your audience's kind of lingo Mm -hmm. is my next one. Instead of saying that, hey, I'm on this side of the table, I'm the financial advisor, you should say, hey, are you retiring soon? And maybe divide up your audience and say retiring, you know, now or, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And then segment your audience and then start speaking to them in their language and their pain points. I would love to segment audiences so they go into the right section and their right buckets. So you can put additional assets like a bank might have a small business owner section because they are serving mostly consumers and they want loans and things like that. Whereas a small business owner have a very different need. Right. And if they don't segment it, how can you really help you know, serve your customers better on their website because you can, they all get a login. Mm. The fact of the matter is you want to serve the small business owner with the problems that their challenges as opposed to what you offer as a bank. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, Maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at 1IMS and especially with this podcast 
is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. Next one is, are you catching their attention with the call to actions? Again, because we've kind of talked about ourselves so on the website. Before Go we ahead. get into this, yeah, yeah what, absolutely. Just ex- like we said with the uh, jargon, explain to everybody what's a, what is a call to action? How is it different than the, the header that you were talking about earlier? The call to action is the button that you would want them to click on, right? This sort of the next step on your website. You've gotten them there. You want them to fill out a form or contact you, purchase, whatever it is. There's an action you want them to take and you put some kind of a text or image or something to relate to them what you want them to do next. Right. And that has to be relevant to their level of education, their knowledge in your industry, mm-hmm. not what you want them to do. Because I don't want to calculate my interest rate when I don't even know, right? What am I trying to do here? So similarly, you probably don't want to go assume that that's the only reason they're there. Maybe it's gathering their information for some free resources or something like that, and then let them do it. See, one of the things that a lot of marketing automation tools can do is they can track where you clicked on the link in your email. So you can segment people based on where they clicked. Say, describe yourself and then give them four options. And based on where they clicked, you can segment it that way for future nurturing as well. Mm -hmm. One thing back in the day Infusionsoft used to do really well was to make everything come out of where they click. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to you having to do anything. You give them five options, they click on one, you know that's the one that's relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Just work backwards, right? So that would be the next thing is to really, really narrow down on what that call to action is because that's another reason copy is getting in your way of conversions. Maybe you're thinking more down the funnel than they are ready for. Sure. And I don't always think that a consultation is the solution right. either. Because Contact us or just those generic ones. Correct. The reason I'm saying that is maybe they're not ready to do mm-hmm. that, right? See if applying for something or see if it's a fit or whatever it might be. Give them something really small that they can relate to. And using that, and again, no jargons, no nothing, keep it simple. And then see if they can give you the next step. And then from there, you nurture. And Mm -hmm. and this goes for everything that you do in marketing. It's not just about landing pages or an email campaign. Even email campaigns have really poor call to actions. Sure. Right. And Mm -hmm. you don't you don't really think about it. You think that there obviously there's only one button. I'm going to click on it. But the fact is. Yeah. Well, or maybe not. I mean, with with the email, it's like a lot of times you don't assume that you're supposed to go anywhere. So the the information is supposed to be in the email. And if you don't make it very clear to me that I'm supposed to click on something, and I'm, like you said, there's no call to me action. to take an action, right. or why? what am I going to see on this next page that I'm going to, you might open the email, read it, and delete it. Right. And call to action has got to be in the link and a button because they might not ever get the button. Maybe mm-hmm. images are turned off, right? So it's really, really critical that you pay attention to these small things. Again, when you're rushing to get things going, you kind of ignore the detail. Back in the day, and I say back in the day, like it's 100 years ago, like I said, when print was the only source of advertising, Mm. right? Let's just use whatever year comes to mind. They spend so much energy on the headline, like you have no idea. And I say copywriters were just literally, right? Making, you know, write up a headline, throw it away. If they don't like it, start another one. They had to do so much research to just get the perfect headline, yeah. the perfect It idea. was all just their own thought. There it was, was no real data to support that. And the beauty is today is that we can, like you said, you can test in real time, you can split test, you can A-B test. And even before you want to start 
don't want to say wasting, but wasting your traffic and using that test on live traffic. You can do it even more cost effectively and cheaper, just as you mentioned, through an email, right? Right. One idea would be to take that call to action, put it in the subject line of your email, and then look at the open rates. And then when you take the one that is winning in terms of the open rates of what people are clicking on more, because that is sort of the call to action of the email, make that same open subject line as the main call to action in the email the because email. they've already clicked on it. Like so register now. It says, yeah, register right. today for this whatever. Time is running out. They click on time is running out. That was the subject line. And then in the email, the call to action is register now. Time is running out. They click on that and then go to that. You know what I mean? So you can test this without wasting the tests on your traffic, on your, right. your own page or your landing page by doing some things like that and just kind of understanding what your audience, what resonates with your audience. And of course, tweak it to make sense for the website, but you can test it in some the micro levels like that. One thing though is because this it can be tested, we go rush through it saying, hey, let's put the headline. I'm yeah. saying hire the copywriter. Oh, yeah, put the time and effort into it. Make sure that you've given your best. Everybody liked it, right? Everybody liked it. And obviously the test is the consumer, not us. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that allows us to really put the creativity behind it than to just go through the motions of getting an email campaign because that's what it says. That's the next thing on the checklist. What really, I mean, comes down to is if you, you know, customers go to a hundred different websites a day. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them, can you describe what MOVE stands for? Mm -hmm. you need to be able to tell by just visiting it that one time, mm -hmm. right? What do they sell and who do they sell to? They should be able to describe your value proposition by only seeing it one time. That's how simple it has to get. And I understand a lot of us are in very complex businesses and you need to say a lot of things and you need to make sure, but does it really matter, mm -hmm. right? Because if they can't describe it, how are they going to come back for more? Yeah. And I think Apple does a great job in simplifying their products, which are very complex products. Yeah. But they don't say all the bells and whistles unless you really dig deep and look at the tech specs. They never talk about the specs ever. Mm. It's one of my favorite things about Apple products yeah. is that they probably have <laughs> like less superior yeah, specs yeah. than yeah. other competitors. They have better screens and better everything else, memory and you name it. But Apple never talks about it. It talks about speed. You know, podcast, uh, the um, iPod was the best example. They never talked about how much space it had. They said 10,000 songs in your pocket. Mm. Right. <laughs> People can understand 10,000 songs, but yeah, everybody else was selling, I don't know, Megabytes 250, yeah, 250 yeah. gigs or whatever else. Yeah, And that's what I mean. They can explain that after they leave in their own yeah, terms. That's and a, that's the that's ultimate test. Yeah, absolutely. And um, if they can't do that, then... I would say go back to the drawing board and keep refining the copy, right? I love to have somebody who used to write headlines on our podcast one day and just tell us how sure. hard it was, you know, back in the day and right. working for, you know, the big agencies. And right. Because at the end of the day, their sales told them if their ad was good enough, it was not how much money you spend or, you know, I love the example of Just Do It. Right. That was a company that came out of... Uh, in Seattle, Washington, the ad agency that came up with that headline for Nike. That's what I'm talking about. That's a home run. Yeah. And like <laughs> you said, I mean, the advantage that we have today is that you can do this all in real time. And I think what gets lost in that because you can do it in real time is you lose the thought process that Correct. went into the traditional marketing aspect of it that you have to win these people over. You have to clearly explain it is the value or what this brand is about, the product does, 
what the service does, what are the benefits, not the features, like you said. And I think that gets lost lost along the way because there's so much that goes into getting the right targeting demographics and sending the right traffic and pulling the right levers on, you know, do this test and this test and this test that, you know, the actual imagery and the the words, what it says is, is sometimes sort of on the back burner. And like you said, you can do everything right and then you get them to the website and they don't really understand what's going on. Or maybe they think they do or you think they do. But I guarantee a lot of companies that we see, as soon as you get on the phone and say, well, what is it that you do? And they explain it in one sentence, like a light goes off in your head where it's so much more clear. It's like, well, why doesn't that say that on a website? And I All think the time. That a lot of times, maybe even do that, start with the salespeople. Right. They're the ones that have to explain it a lot rather than you know a marketing intern or somebody who wrote the copy for the website Correct. or the website design company. Or it's outdated know. copy yeah. as well, right? Yeah. They haven't refreshed the copy, which right. is a really big part. And and I know it's a very personal thing. You talk about copy, everybody gets all like, hey, this is my copy. Don't touch it. Don't change it. But that's not, again, you made a point very clear that this website's not for you. Yeah. This is for the people that are coming to your website and it's really for them. So, so how, do you, how do you balance the... You know, especially when you talk about a website, the homepage of a website, how do you balance that being captivating and innovative and very straight to the point with other strategies and maybe team members you may have internally that are focused on things like SEO or, you know, PPC and, you know, where we're pulling the, the data from for you know certain areas of the quality score or whatever that may be. How do you make sure that you have a good balance of that user experience, but also performance and other marketing campaigns. Right. So there is a fine balance. You you know, we still have to optimize it for keywords, but that's not to say that we couldn't have a copywriter put that together. Right. The first and foremost is I would work with a copywriter who really is a professional, not only in that space, but also in just creating effective copy. Yeah. Being creative with, like you said, what keywords need to be included and from a search perspective and also still capturing that without being the same as everyone else. So doing that and then working harder and perfecting the headline and all the the copy that goes with it and A-B testing it because that's available to us today Mm -hmm. easily, a lot easier than it used to be. But it starts with really investing time in perfecting the copy. And I tell you, headlines make a difference because you read it, you go to any websites of the product or service you're trying to buy, I'm sure we're like, wow, that headline really touches me because people make purchases emotional mm-hmm. and they justify it, right? Yep. Trying to say, oh, I need X, Y, Z because, you know, of course my daughter's, you know, or your son or whatever, but you really make the purchase because you have some affinity towards the brand. Mm-hmm. You saw somebody having it, you really like it. And you're just trying to figure out how do I justify this to whoever you have to justify to why you're buying it. Right. And that, is where you kind of have to make sure that the copy is doing the part that it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And the website is usable at the same time. It's optimized for performance like we talked about. And you know, one thing I was reading this, Albert Einstein said, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And the great point on how we should go about simplifying it and not creating, you know, this isn't where you have to tell the world how smart you are. Mm-hmm. This is about, hey, can you really describe this in a simple manner so that even the simplest person, even right, someone without all those vocabulary can explain? I think Google looks for eighth grade English when it looks for sure. SEO, I believe, or something like super like 
I don't know. I think I believe it's like eighth grade. It's not. It's not high school. It's not college degree. There's a place you can submit your content. It'll tell you what grade English it is. So, and simplifying it, and it's not creating a complexity. That would be my. Tip. I think yeah, definitely just straight to the point. And I think that that quote was a perfect way to summarize it because that portion of it and getting into the technical aspects, the nitty gritty, there's a place for that. And most of the time that's happening maybe over the phone. If you are in a very technical space where, you know, you have a scientist or an engineer or somebody like that, that's calling you to ask about something very, very specific. That's something that you, you handle over the phone and you can take on a case by case basis. But when they land on your website, they should know that you can at least help them in some way, point them in the right direction, right? Because they're in the right spot. And then there's other places on the website or offline where you can get more into the details. Absolutely. Uh, Uber is tap the app and get a ride. <laughs> That's a good one. Right? Exactly. Another accounting company is make your life easier with our accounting software, but not really loving that one. Mm-hmm. But long search... I do understand what it is. It's an accounting right. software. Yeah. Right. So working on that, I don't think it's Stripe was the new standard in online payments. So Twitter, see what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> right? Is, yeah. So we can go on and on about it, but I don't think, like I said, I think this this needs to be really thought through yeah. because there's a lot of nuances that you, know, you want to make sure that you pay yeah. attention to. So people so I think don't. That's a good good takeaway. I think you know if you're listening here, just kind of go to your own website and spend three seconds, five seconds on the website on the homepage, and how clear is it, right? If you're not in the position that you are and know what you know about the organization, is it clear to somebody or show it to, you know, your mom or your wife or your sister or brother or whoever that might not have that level of knowledge and say, what do we do? Right. And if they can't, like you said, if you can't look at that and say, tap the app, get a ride, like you said, an eighth grader could figure that out. That's true. I think if you can do that effectively or as close as you can, you know, as possible to that, you're going to be in a much better position. That's it. That's all we have for you today, folks. As always, send in your questions. Our email is growthmarketers at oneims.com. Love to answer those questions and uh, we will see you on the next episode. 